in the last eight weeks. But in the last eight weeks, we have been studying the parables of Jesus, His teachings. Today will be our last of our, of our parables, and we'll start a new sermon series last week. But since we have so many new faces here today, just to kind of tell you where we've been. Uh, the, we talked about the parable of the sower and how we're called to sow seeds of love. We talked about the parable of the Good Samaritan. We're called to show compassion for others. The third week, we looked at how the unforgiving servant and how we're called to forgive others. Week four, we looked at being generous. Week five, we looked at asking God to have mercy on us. Week six, we looked at the parable of the prodigal son and how we're called to come home and there's an, a step of action. We picked up on that step of action last week as we looked at the, the parable of the talents. And we talked about using what God has entrusted to us to further glorify His kingdom. Today is the final week, and, and this is this ties it all together. None of the other seven are even possible if we have not built our foundation on Jesus Christ. Let's pray, and then we'll read our scripture, and we'll, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity. Lord, let the words that are spoken be your words. Let the ears hear what you would have to hear, and let your Holy Spirit move in and through the hearts that are here today. In your name we pray. Amen. Today we will be uh, in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to go verses 24 through 27, and that can be found on page 788 in your pew Bibles. Uh, Jesus is finishing up His Sermon on the Mount here. Some of His most well-known teachings, Matthew 5 and 6. And then Matthew 7, He really boils it down, and He provides different scenarios where you can pick one way, or you can pick the other way. I invite you to stand in reverence of the reading of the gospel this morning if you can. Again, we're on page 788 in your pew Bible. Jesus is speaking, says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came. The winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. A great and great was its fall. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So this is... Pretty new for us. Why in the world would somebody build their house on, on sand? Now, it doesn't make any sense in our modern society. But coming from the Jewish culture, what would happen is there were all these massive rocks, all these boulders that were flat enough on top that you could build your house. But there were also all these dried up creek beds that were hard and, and, and when you the ground would not move and it was stable enough to build a house. But every now and then, Every couple years or so, when the rain would become too much for the mountains to hold, the rain would flow down off the mountain and into these creek beds and would wash these houses away. So the people hearing this story would have been very familiar with the analogy. Building on the rock. Building on the sand. They knew which one would stand and which one would not. But Jesus narrows it down. 
He says it's not just where you decide to build. It's if you decide to follow my teachings. If you follow my teachings, you're building on rock. If you hear my teaching but then do not abide in them, you're building on sand. Regardless of where the house was built, whether it was sand or rock, from a distance the house probably looked the same. Same design, same layout, looks sturdy. Regardless of whether it was on rock or on sand, the people heard the same instructions. These were church people that Jesus is talking to. But some people decided, you know, I hear what he's saying, but I'm still going to build my house my own way because I think I may have a better solution or an easier solution. You see, our lives are a lot like that still today. It's easy to come and it's easy to be in church and say that our foundation is Jesus Christ, but when we leave and we go out into the world, that's when we really can tell what our foundation is. It's what other people can really tell what our lives are made of. If you want to know what your foundation is in this world, go back and look at the toughest storms you've ever been through and see how you responded. Back in early June, uh, Stacy and Logan and my mom and myself got to go to the beach, which was a great pleasure for them. <laughs> I'm not a big beach guy. It's hot, it's sandy, it's expensive, it's salty, and when you have a little boy, you got to do everything to keep him close by. So as the trip went on, and we had to take a trip up uh, for my licensing ceremony that was supposed to take two hours, ended up taking about six or seven. Um, so Logan was just as good as he could be, so when we got back, I said, buddy, I'll play with you. I'll do anything you want to do. So we went to the beach, and we began to build sandcastles. And we would dig out a little moat around it and the wave, the tide would come back in and our sandcastle was gone. And the next day I said, but son, you don't understand if we dig out a bigger moat and we build a little lake back here, all that water will go and the sandcastle will stay. So we did that and it lasted a little longer, but eventually it fell. So our last day at the beach, I decided we were all in. As much as I hated the sand, I was going to build the best sandcastle you could build. I mean, Stacy and I dug a, a, a moat in a trench so big that Logan could almost crawl underneath and come out on the other side. And he could ride his trucks underneath and through. And the water came in and it filled up. And you know what happened. It washed away. It collapsed. No matter how well you think you've got life figured out, when you build your life like a sandcastle, no matter how grand it is, eventually the water will take it away. But see, too many times as Christians, our lives are built on sand. If we really, truly want to be honest with ourselves, we build our lives on sand. I just got done with, with some of the greatest years of my life teaching in high school. But I look at the, the society that our young people have today. All the, the technology and the internet and the TV shows. It tells them that it's popular to party, sex, drugs, rock and roll, all that other fun stuff that used to be okay back in the 70s, I guess. But our kids today aren't being told the truth. 
And so they build their lives up hoping that being popular, hoping that going out after the games on Friday night, hoping that being the star at the party on Saturday will give them popularity, will give them success, will continue and grow the rest of their lives, and it leaves them hopeless, and it leaves them empty, and it leaves them washed away by the storms of the world. But we're not immune to it as adults. We grow up, and, and, and okay, yeah, we, we believe in Christ, and that's going to be our foundation, but how many times do we put our work before it? How many times do we put more hope in our 401K than we do in our Lord and Savior? How many times do we wait on the approval of others? How many times when we're at work are we afraid to show, not say anything, but to show that we are a Christian because we're afraid of what others might think about us? It's building our lives on sand. None of this ever provides any positive results. Because see, what happens is you get bad news. Death happens unexpectedly. Disease shows up. Struggles with your kids. Financial struggle. Things start showing up and the storms in your life become stronger and stronger and stronger. And without the rock, your life slowly begins to collapse. And you wonder, how in the world did it get this way? When will I catch a break? How am I going to rebuild my life? Jesus makes it pretty clear for us. He says you have to put His teachings into practice. You have to build your life on the unshakable foundation that is Jesus Christ instead of building your way and on sand. Our foundation is more important than we'll ever stop and realize. If you've ever had a foundation issue at your house or you've ever gone and look at a house and there's a foundation problem, it's a very expensive problem to fix. In December of 2001, the Leaning Tower of Pisa was finally reopened to the public. After having been closed for almost a dozen years and multiple engineers completed a $25 million renovation to stabilize the tower. They closed a building and spent $25 million to fix it. And the building is famous for leaning. Do we understand what we're dealing with here? The building is supposed to lean. And we're paying $25 million to straighten it back up a little bit. But see, it was needed not because it wasn't supposed to lean, but because it had begun tilting too far, too far, and the 185-foot tower at the top was 17 foot further one way than the bottom was. And they knew that eventually the lean would become too much and the building would separate. This wasn't because somebody built it wrong. It was because the city of Pisa is built and underneath there's a very sandy substance. And so the foundation was built on sand. Well, over time, that sand had begun to wash away. And so the foundation began to lean. If they're going to spend $25 million to fix the foundation of a building that is famous for leaning, the foundation must be pretty important. And our foundation is also important. The foundation of our lives not just gets us through the storms, but it shows other people what we believe. It shows our kids what we put our trust in. It shows our family it shows our strangers. It shows people going through hard times where our hope and where our trust comes from. 
If I could teach any of my former students or any of my former players or my son or my nieces or my nephews, if I could teach any of the young people of this church just one thing in my life, it would be that your foundation has to be Jesus Christ. But it can't be just a profession. It has to be putting His teachings into practice and the way that you live your life. See, both, both builders heard Jesus' teachings. Both builders were church people. Both builders knew Jesus was an important figure. But only one decided to follow what He was teaching. Only one survived the storms of life. Jesus doesn't tell us that if we build on rocks, storms won't come. It's a big misconception. When we build our life and our foundation on Jesus Christ, we are not immune to storms. We are not immune to bad news. We are not immune to your family, your friends going through tough times. But we are immune to falling. We are immune to collapsing. Because our foundation will sustain any storm that life can throw our way. So how do we build on the rock that is Jesus? We have to make Jesus the focus of our lives. Not with our mouth, but with our actions. We have to have an active prayer life. We have to spend time in the Scriptures other than Sunday morning at Sunday school and at church. Jesus says you build your life on rock if you put my practices into teachings. But church, if we don't know His practices because we're not reading His Word, well, how can we build on rock? We have got to spend time in Scripture. Find someone to hold you accountable. Find someone that you trust where you can sit down and talk life with. It's not always comfortable, but it prevents you from getting too far astray. Be careful with your witness. If you want people to see that your foundation is made of Jesus Christ, you've got to be careful with how you live your life. And if you're not sure if your foundation is Jesus Christ, do this. Go this week and ask the people that you spend the most time with if they think your foundation is Jesus. Be prepared for the answer. We've all heard the question, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If you were arrested, somebody came in and said, is your foundation Jesus Christ? And you said yes, and they put you in handcuffs. Would there be enough evidence to convict you? I hope so. I hope that wouldn't even go to trial. I hope that somebody would say, you know what, your life's not perfect and I see the mistakes in your past, but I, I can see past that. And your foundation is Jesus Christ. After his first failed attempt as a missionary in America, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist faith, he left Georgia defeated, wondering why he had failed. Why this man who gave up everything had failed. He questioned his faith. He questioned his ability. And he questioned the rituals and the practices and the methods that he thought would help him be holy. Wesley remembered on his trip back to England the fate that he witnessed coming to America on the ship with the German Moravians. And as the storm went through, came and the ship rocked and, and the people were scared and terrified and crying out for help, the Moravians in the same storm prayed and sang hymns of thanksgiving to God. Why is that significant? Well, because when 
Wesley got back and he recalled how they responded, he began spending more time with the Moravians. And they began teaching him that it wasn't his methods that were faulty. It was that his foundation was not in Jesus Christ alone. His foundation was in a lot of things. Not even necessarily bad things. But that his foundation was not in Christ alone. It wasn't long after this experience with the Moravians that Wesley attended the worship service at the Aldersgate Chapel. And he had his heart strangely warmed. And he realized for the first time that he did trust in Christ alone for his salvation. It was at that moment that John Wesley built his foundation on Jesus Christ. On the rock. The rest is part of our history still today. You see, at times the house may lean and it may waver and it may get wet and it may leak and it may need repair. But if it's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it will not fail. What's your foundation built on, church? It's a tough question to ask, but we have to ask it. And we have to answer it truthfully. So I want to ask you, is it time to renovate your structure? Is it time to renovate your foundation? Is it time to say, my life is crumbling enough, enough, enough. I'm tired of doing it my own way. I want to build my life on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been coming to church your whole life. But it's time that for the first time, you trust in Christ alone to provide the foundation needed. Storms will come and storms will go. But your foundation will sustain whatever life throws at it if it is built on Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.